Welcome back to the Hoop Journal podcast. Today, I got my man Jeff with me from G League TV. Uh, he runs an Instagram page over there on Instagram. Um, posts great content covering the G League. Uh, so, Jeff, how are you doing today? What's going on, Dean? I appreciate you having me on, man. It really means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to have you on. I'm uh, excited to talk G League. So, before we get into the G League itself, uh, just tell me and tell the audience just a little bit about you, a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I've been a G League fanatic since about like 2015. And uh, I started going to Delaware 87ers games, which they're now the Delaware Bluecoats. And, and back, in that, back in that time, they had uh, Baron Davis was on the team for a little while. Nate Robinson was on the team for a little while. So it was a time uh, of the G League, then D League, where, you know, the league was still growing. You know, there might have been like a couple hundred fans there every game, you know. But um, I've always been interested in like, you know, hidden talent and in, in minor league and like a minor league brand of basketball where, you know, these guys don't get much exposure, not much media attention or anything like that. Um, but they're super talented, you know, and so that's kind of what drew me to the G League. And ever since then, I've been, you know, kind of fanatical about it. And then I started uh, my G League TV page about a year ago, um, kind of when the quarantine first started and there was nothing to do. And, you know, it's, it's grown pretty well over the past you know, year. And uh, my goal is just to continue to, to grow it as much as possible and hopefully get these guys more exposure because there's so much talent in the league that really just doesn't get talked about. Yeah, absolutely. And you do a great job of covering them. I've learned so much just about guys in the G League just from following you. It's, I you appreciate that. Job. So I know you said uh, it started a little over a year ago when quarantine started around. Um, but what, what got you to actually start the page? Like, what was it that made you go, you know what, I'm going to start an Instagram page covering the G League? Yeah, I think it was just the fact that, you know, I followed a ton of basketball pages on my main Instagram page. And they were all the same. You know, I know we've talked about this before as well. Like, if you follow Bleach Report or if you follow ESPN um, you know, pretty much any of these main outlets, they all cover the same stuff. You know, mm -hmm. it's anytime LeBron goes for 40, they're going to post LeBron highlights. Anytime Trey Young hits a, or Damian Lillard hits a 40 foot three pointer, they're going to post those Trey Young or Damian Lillard highlights, you know? And so it's become Instagram. I love Instagram, but it's become like an oversaturation of the same content, Absolutely. you know, and it really just highlights stars, you know, even the second tier of like NBA players, we don't really hear much about. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we'll, we're always going to see a Giannis highlight, but we're really not going to see too much of like a PJ Tucker highlight or even like a Drew Holiday highlight. Right. And right. so because we don't even see the B tier of stars in the NBA, we're definitely not going to see the G League players mm -hmm. and the call ups that come from the G League. And so I was like, you know what? I'm so tired of seeing. LeBron and the thing about all these pages is that if you follow one you follow all of them right you know what right. I mean because it's all the same stuff so I was like you know what I, you know I do want to create a page I've had other basketball pages uh kind of like smaller ones um I worked for the UMBC basketball team and so I had like a one that was dedicated to them but just for a niche uh fan base right. and so I kind of want to do the same thing for people who are really dedicated to basketball and are kind of tired of seeing the same old stuff and want to learn about new players and new talent um, and then also it was for, you know, the players too, in a way, you know, like I said before, there's just so much talent in the G League. A lot of them do get called up, but unfortunately a lot of them don't get called up. And so, you know, they stay in the G League for a number of years. They might go overseas and have successful international careers. 
Um, but, you know, the fans deserve to know who these guys are. And these players, they put in so much work that the players deserve to have people know who they are as well, you know? So it was a way of, like, entertaining the fans um, in a way because, you know, it gets them knowledgeable about these guys who are on the come up, but then also showcasing the players who get no attention as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that's been, that's been a big inspiration for my page too is just trying to cover things that – you don't really see from like Bleach Report, ESPN, those those outlets, because they're really all posting the same things that right anywhere else. Um, so I want to talk about the talent in the G League and the young guys in the NBA. Um, why do you think that we've seen such an explosion of young talent over the last two or three years? Do you think it's more of just opportunity and teams are now building rosters with younger players? Or do you think there's just more talent than ever before? I think it's a combination of both. I think the, the players that are coming out are just um, – there's such a, a a huge pool of players that are NBA-worthy, you know? And, and that could be in the G League. That could be overseas in China or Australia or Germany or anywhere. There's just so much talent. And so I think it's just the pool is so much bigger. And then also I think teams are more invested in using their, their G League um, affiliates as much, you know, as much as ever now. Um, and it's proven, you know, like the Toronto Raptors this year, maybe nine of their rotating players were G League alum, you know. And even though they didn't have a great season, if you just take a couple of years ago um, when the Raptors won the championship, I mean, a lot of their core was from the G League as well, whether it's Fred Van Vliet or Pascal or Chris Boucher, you know. All these guys come from the G League and they've kind of been built up through that system. And I think that as the, the years have gone on, tons of players have come through the G League and then they've also been able to perform at the NBA level. Even like Rudy Gobert um, was a G Leaguer for a little while. And then Chris Milton was a G Leaguer as well. So, you know, so many guys have come up through the G League system. And then they've proven themselves at the NBA level, which has given more credibility to the G League. And so teams, I think, like I said, more than ever now, are looking at the G League and be like, this guy can really play. You know what I mean? He's, he's putting up numbers in the G league, but that's transferable to the NBA, you know? Right, yep. And I think also the M the NBA is doing a great job and teams are doing a fantastic job at looking for not only the stars, but the role players as well. You know, one of my favorites this past year was Devin Kennedy who won finals MVP for the Lakeland magic. And Devin didn't put up huge numbers. You know, he might've averaged 11 or 12 for the season. And those aren't numbers that are really going to pop off you know, to the average fan, they all 12 points a game or whatever. Mm -hmm. But his role for the Lakeland Magic, who were one of the best teams throughout the year, the best, de best defensive team, and then eventually won the championship, he fit in everywhere for them. You know, offensively, he didn't need to be a star. He, need he didn't need to average 20, but he averaged 12. Um, defensively, you know, he was a key piece one-on-one -on -one, and then filling in gaps as a help defender as well, you know. And so teams were able to look at that and be like, oh, you know, he's – not necessarily um, putting up star numbers, but he has a way, you know, there's a part about his game that's transferable to the NBA. So they're not always looking for the stars. They're looking for guys that can fill a role. You know what I mean? And so the NBA is doing a great job nowadays in making sure that they fill those pieces with G League guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's something I like a lot about the G League is just how transferable, like the skill set is, like you said, like you don't have to be a player that's putting up 35 points per game in the G League right. to hang in the NBA. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I really like the direction they're going with that. And Well, then also, uh, just just quick point, is that a couple of years ago when Alex Crusoe was in the G League, mm -hmm. um, at the time he was playing for the Oklahoma City Blue, and then he ended up playing for the South Bay Lakers. But when he was with the Blue, um, 
I read a story that Sam Presti had a meeting with all the G League players before the season started. And then one of the guys asked him, what do you look for in a player? What do you look for in a player when you, when you call him up? And, of course, he said character, you know, how you are as a teammate, right? But he said himself, we're not necessarily looking for the stars. You know, like at the time, OKC had Russ. Uh, they had KD, right? They had Sergi Baca. So they weren't looking for a guy that was going to come in and average 20, right? They mm-hmm. were more looking for the guy like a Caruso maybe who's going to come in and maybe give you six to eight points but play really hard defense, you know? And then um, it's just fantastic at playing his role but can come in, you know, 15 minutes a game and give you just straight energy, right? And so, yeah, that's important for a lot of people to realize is that it's not always the guys that are getting 25 a game in the G League that end up surviving a long time in the NBA. It's like the guys that are able to adapt, the guys that are able to fit into any system, you know, on, on any team, uh, be good teammates, good, be good people. And so those are the guys that tend to last the longest, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think the G League, it's a great proving ground for those guys. Yep. You get the extra reps, the extra time. Um, so I think right now there's 28 G League teams, correct? Or yes. 29? So. Yep. Yeah, well, so there's there's one more now because uh, Mexico City is having a team. Oh, that's right, that's yeah. right. But, but they're, they're not affiliated with an NBA team. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think what the the Blazers and the Nuggets are the two teams with that one. Is that yeah, and the the no the Blazers have I'm sorry not, the Nuggets have one now. So the Nuggets um, purchased the Grand Rapids Drive. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and so yeah. the Blazers still don't have one, and then um, the Suns. Was it the Suns? Don't the Suns yeah, the Suns sell their team or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, the Northern Arizona Suns. And okay, so. But the Blazers, I'm surprised the Blazers. But then again, if you look at the Blazers roster, they're not. CJ McCollum was a G leaguer for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not like the prototypical definition of what I consider right. to be a G leaguer. You know, he was there on a rehab assignment. Um, but they don't really use it as well as some other teams do. So, um, you know, I haven't heard anything about them getting a team, but maybe that could be in the future because all the other ones have them. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, I think the Blazers are a team that could use an infusion of youth. So, yeah, for I'm sure. I'm kind of surprised they don't have one. But uh, point being, though, the NBA is working towards having a working it to be like a full minor league. Right. So what do you think? Because right now, you know, they have two way contracts, you know, they have call ups and everything. But what's the next step, do you think, for the G League to really make it similar to how like the uh, MLB has AAA, like a true minor league? What do you think the, the G League needs to do to get there? Well, you know, I think the G League has been super inventive in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I know that there's I don't know too much about the overtime league, you know, but the overtime league is overtime is starting a youth league. But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, you can say the G League was the first one to start that um, last year when they, when they launched the Ignite team. Yep. And, you know, even now they're pulling guys, like all the guys that were on Ignite team last year um, already graduated high school. But even now they just got a couple of guys that uh, still have their senior year left of high school. So they're graduating early. They're, you know, they're two years away from um, declaring for the NBA draft. And so they're getting just a really crazy pool of young talent. But in terms of, you know, other than the Ignite team, in terms of like growing it, I think they've done like the best they can do. I think every team should have a G League team, you know, mm-hmm. so the Blazers should have a G League team in the future. I'm glad that the Nuggets do now. Um, but, you know, every team having their own system would be a good thing. And, you know, to tell you the truth, like, I don't know too much about minor league baseball, but I know there are levels, you know. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the G League would adopt that. You know, I know money would be a big issue and funding and stuff like that, where, you know, there's um, what single A, triple A kind of thing where they develop that same system where, 
you know, there's maybe like an A tier, B tier kind of thing, you know, but I know that uh, tons of money is involved in that. And that might not be um, economically sustainable for them to do. Uh, but I would say this, like, in terms of just the overall brand, it's grown so much and their credibility has grown so much, even from when I first started following in 2015. You know, like I said, when I first started following it, there was maybe like 80, 90, 100 people at a game. And I bet you a lot of those people were family members, friends of the players or staff and stuff like that. And the accessibility of the G League was so fun for me because, you know, I've always enjoyed meeting players. And you could stand right outside of a team locker room because the security was so lax. There almost really was no security. And you could just wait for players to come out and, like, take pictures with them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so from that time that I first started following them in 2015 to now, just, like, the overall brand of the league has grown so much. Um, the credibility of the league has grown so much with these guys coming into the NBA and performing well, you know? Um, I would say, like, the G League, in terms of, like, their growth, what makes them unique, one thing they can do is they continue, continue trying new things that alter the game a little bit. And what I mean by that is, like, uh, they were the first to introduce the 14-second the shot clock yep. reset off, on the offensive rebound. They were the first to do that for a few years, and then they implemented that in the NBA. Um, they were the first to do the, the coaches' replay challenge, you know, and now they implemented that in the NBA. Um, and then next thing that I would love the G League to do, and it just – because you want to separate it uh, make it unique the same way, um, you know, like arena football was unique for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Right. Like you want to continue, not, not gimmicky, but you want to make it unique. Give it so one own, thing I yeah. think that they could do that can make it super unique is they could adopt this, this, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called the Elam ending. Have you heard of that? They yeah. Did that yeah. Like they did game. for the all-star game. Yeah. yeah. The last few years. And I would love for the G league and you know, whether or not the NBA adopts, I don't think they ever will. They'll probably just end up doing the foul game and, and mm. running out the clock. Um, which is, you know, they've done it for the last, what, you know, 60 years or whatever. So I don't think the NBA will ever adopt it. But for me, the G League would gain so much more um, fans and attention if every game ended on an Elon ending shot, right? So every game essentially has to end not on the clock running out or a team fouling, you know, 10 times and then it ending boringly, you know, very boring on free throws, right? right. If they ended every game on a game-winning shot, you know, that essentially there would be at least one highlight from every game. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Which now couldn't, you know, that's not always the case. Now, like, it's like some G League games might not have any highlights, and so they never get shown anywhere, you know? But if, there, if every shot had to end on an Elon ending shot, every game would have at least one highlight. You know, it might not be the most exciting, but there would be at least one thing to show. And there would be one star or at least one or two stars of every game. It would be, like, the best performer than the person who hit the last shot, you mm -hmm. know? And so – it'd be a way for like the G league to continue separating themselves. You know what I mean? And, and for a way to them to grow their own brand so that they're not, you know, of course they want to be associated with the NBA, you know, but you don't want to be an exact replication of the NBA. You know what I mean? You kind of want to do your own thing and set your own boundaries and have your own standards and stuff like that. But I think that'd be a really cool thing for them to grow their league and then grow the popularity of the G league brand. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the Elam ending would definitely be an interesting experiment, um, and I like that the G League is like a is is like a grounds for them to experiment with different things, like you said, with the shot clock reset and the right. coaches' challenge. So I like that they're trying a lot of different things. I think the Elam ending would be interesting. I don't think the NBA ever implements it; it's just too unconventional, probably, right. for it to right. really stick. But I do like the idea for something like the G League to try try something like that out. Yeah, and you know what's the harm? My thing is like you know what's the harm in doing it, right? Because um, 
you know, it's just, they've, like I've said before, they've been a testing ground for the NBA, mm-hmm. you know? And even if the NBA never adopts, I just think it would be a cool concept for the G League to kind of like stand out among everybody because they do it full time now. I don't know if you've seen, are you familiar with TBT? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, So they do it full time in TBT and every game in TBT ends with a dagger. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's super exciting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. it's It's super exciting. And then every game ends with the winning team mobbing the player that hit the game winner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just a great scene. And if we could add that to the G League, it'd just be so cool. Because, you know, most G League games now, and, you know, of course, there's a lot of close games. So they go down to the wire. Then there's a few, there's a few game winners. But, you know, just like in the NBA, a lot of the endings are boring. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so fans just turn it off. The ones who are, are tuned in, you know, might just flip the station and just watch something else. Um, but this way, it'll keep fans grounded and in their seats the entire the course of the game and so yeah i think that's something that they should consider it i know that there's been a few talks that there's been talks about them implementing in the summer league as well but you know we'll see what happens down the line yeah so i want to ask you about uh the g league ignite team uh they just had their first season last year yeah. with um you know jalen green jonathan kaminga do you think that this program is a good for the g league and b good for the the kids involved right right i think the g league i think the ignite team has been really good first off you know i am a proponent of college as well like i'm not anti going to college mm-hmm. um, and playing college but i think that there's a ton of benefits you know and i actually um not too long ago spoke to a guy that i just connected with uh, through my instagram page and um and he's he's a five star and he's considering going to the the uh which route to take so he was telling me he has like all these offers right and then he was like you know, then he was like, oh, I might consider going to the G League, too. And I don't know this guy really personally. We just kind of DM'd each other about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, when you're weighing your options, there's pros and cons to both. There really are pros and cons to both. Absolutely. Going to college and playing. I used to uh, work in college ball for men's and women's sides. And so going to college and having that atmosphere and um, being just a regular student, you know, you're 18, maybe sometimes 17 years old, 17, 18, 19 years old that's good for you to have that experience, you know, to kind of ease your way into it. And then on the opposite side, there's also benefits of going pro right away and making $500,000, you know, to a million dollars. And then also having that option of still taking online classes and stuff like that. Um, but I know these guys are more focused on ball. So there's pros and cons to both. But as, as far as like the G League team, the G League night team, you know, they did a great job last year um, of incorporating you know, five or six young guys in with a group of veterans. I think that's the thing that people miss out on too, Mm -hmm. is that it's not just a group of 18 year olds all balling out, you know, they're being paired with, you know, Jared Jack, who's what, like a 12 to 15 year NBA veteran, you know, Amir Johnson, who was, you know, a 13, 14 year NBA veteran, Um, even G league veterans too, that have been around the league five or six years, maybe on the younger side, maybe they're, you know, only 28, 29, but they're still, they're still so-called veterans and they've been in and out of the league and stuff like that. And so it's, you know, the, the ignite team, it's not just like a bunch of 18 year olds running around all the time. They're going through mentorship. You know what I mean? They have the opportunity to take classes. Um, They're getting a taste of the pro lifestyle. Now I do think that if you go to like a big name school, it's so professional and, and tightly run there too, that it's almost like a pro lifestyle as well. Um, but, you know, they're getting like, I guess the, the real quote unquote pro lifestyle where you're not going to classes, you're not around students, you're, you know, you do have the freedom to go out and do things as well. 
Um, and so, you know, they're getting like kind of the best of both worlds. And then on top of that, they're getting paid a ton of money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, my only concern with the Ignite team is that, of course, you have the, um, the Jalen Greens, who is going to be a top five pick. You know, you have the Kamingas, who, of course, is going to be a top five pick. And then you have guys like Dacia Nix, who's going to be a good player. I still think, you know, he's going to be in the league. Or Isaiah Todd, still a really good player, um, you know. But what is going to happen to these guys if they don't perform well at the Ignite level? You know, I was, I was kind of wor- – that's a concern of mine is, like, you know, these guys make the – decision to go to the ignite team and then after one year unless with the exception of the couple guys that um skip their senior years so they have two years but all the guys that have one year what happens if they don't play well during that one year or you can see some obvious flaws in their game during that one year so what happens they have to enter the draft they don't get drafted and what they're back in the g league you know and so for unfortunately for a lot for the guys that i just mentioned they're all going to get drafted you know but uh, there was also a guy on the Ignite team named Principal Singh. I don't know if you've heard of him. He was, yeah, he ended uh, up leaving, and, right? Yeah, and, and uh, he was planning on being, when they were promoting him, he was planning on being the second uh, player of Indian descent in the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, and, and super young, like 6'10", 6'11". Um, but he made three baskets all year, you know, and barely played – when he when he did play, which was kind of like in garbage time, he kind of looked uncomfortable on the court a little bit, I would say. And so, you know, you're looking at a guy, and it's like, what now? What happens to him, right? Um, does he go back to Indian play, or does he? I guess I'm assuming he wants to declare for the draft, right? But with three baskets on your resume, there's no way you're going to get drafted, you know. So is he back in the G League next year? You know, what I'm saying not on the Ignite team, but maybe on a different team, right? Right, and so. Yeah, like I said, there's pros and cons of both because, like, if you don't play well as a freshman in college, you do have that option to return to college before you enter the draft, you know? And so, um, so you know, the, the G League Ignite team, which I think is great, it's not, um, it's not totally flawless. You know, there, I think there are some holes in it that, uh, that need to be considered as well. But it's a great option, and I think it will continue to grow, and I think it will continue to uh, bring more people to the, to the G League in terms of like fans and media attention, because a lot of people weren't really concerned with any of these G league guys, except for Jalen green and John, the Kaminga, you know, like they weren't really tuned into the Vipers. They weren't tuned into the blue coats, even though those guys have a ton of talent. Um, They weren't tuned into those teams. They just wanted to see these young five stars who were, you know, McDonald's all Americans and, you know, top five recruits. They wanted to see those guys, which I totally understand. So it's going to bring a different uh, group of like fan bases to the G league. Like if you're into, really big into like high school sports or you're big into like the AAU circuit, you know, I can see that those fans also becoming G league fans in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Th- there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of risk involved in, in uh, joining the ignite team, especially for the the principal sings and the Isaiah Todd's of the world, which is why I like that they are at least trying to limit it to like the, the elite of the elite prospects. Right. right. Um, because like you said, you know, if you're in college and you don't have a great freshman year, like look at Brandon Boston at Kentucky. If he he can decide, he, I think he declared for the draft, but he could have decided to just go back to school another year and fall back mm-hmm. on that. Whereas mm-hmm. someone like Singh, you know, he he's kind of in limbo right now. But I do think the G League has done a really great job of setting up this Ignite team. You know, I think Brian Shaw, from what I understand, is a great coach. Yeah, like you said, they brought in those veterans. So yeah, there's there's a lot of risk involved in it, but I think for someone like Jalen Green, someone like Jonathan Kaminga, it's it's a great option for them. They're getting paid. They're getting that pro lifestyle for sure. They're getting, you know, that scholarship money too. I really like that, you know, cause worst case scenario, say, you know, Jalen green were to have some freak injury, can't play basketball again. 
he still will get that college education from the G League, which I really Most like. definitely. And I would say this too, you know, I think Brian Shaw, he did a great job this year. Um, I, it's a hard job, I think, to coach the Ignite team, in my opinion, because you have all these young guys, and all these young guys are, are the top of the line, you know, high school recruits. All of them are like, we're one and done, you know, which I guess if you join the Ignite team, you really have no chance, but to, no choice but to declare for the draft afterwards. Um, but, you know, they're, they're trying to showcase themselves because they would have gone to college and been 20 points per game players, right? So all, And then at the same time, you're trying to appease these veterans, and a lot of these guys are trying to make it back to the league, you know? Um, even though Jared Jack is an older guy, and he was still balling out in the G League the year oh, yeah. before with the Sky Force. He was getting like 15 points a game. And I, he had talked about a few times that he's trying to make an NBA comeback, you know? A lot of the – a lot of the, the G League veterans that were on the Ignite team, um, aside from the Amir Johnsons and the, uh, the uh, Jared Jacks, are also trying to get to the league, you know, or earn themselves another contract, you know. So you got to appeal to two groups. It's like, and also, like, it's like, you got to think yourself, what do the fans want to see, right? So you got to appeal to them, too. They want to see the Jalen Greens. They want to see the Kamingas and the Isaiah Todds and the Nation Nixes. They want to see those guys, right? But at the same time, it's like, you have to make both sides happy. The, the the young players or all sides happy the fans the young players the the older players you know and so you know managing all those I, I feel like it's a much harder job than it seems you know it's like more than just uh kind of like a babysitting role you're managing so many different egos right and I think there's so many ears that were uh, so many um voices that were in that were in Brian Shaw's ear being like play me or this op- I need this opportunity for this and that so I think it's a much harder job and I think he, he did a really good good job this year you know they made it to the playoffs right um you know having like a super young team with a young core they made the playoffs and um and so I'm sorry they make the playoffs they they would have made the playoffs if if um if they were eligible so they would because they had a good enough record too but uh you know so yeah I think it was like um uh a good first year and I'm I'm actually curious to see how it how it uh, translates to next year too, and keeps building on year after year. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tough uh, balance to strike there because you know at the end of the day you're there for those those recruits. You know that's why the team is there, but you also have to, you know, you're there to win basketball games. You know what I mean? So yeah, but I think they did a good job. Like you said, they were a playoff caliber team, um, and I'm excited too for next year. Um, they've already got uh, one of the top recruits in next year's class signed. Uh, I don't know. I think they're trying to add a few more, but um, I'm excited. I think I think they've done a good job so far, and hopefully they can build on that momentum. For sure. But I want to ask you about um, your page on Instagram, G League TV. You've got almost 40,000 followers. So you post basically anytime anyone in the NBA has a big game, if they're a G League alum. Yeah. Um, have you had any players reach out to you directly when you post about them? Yeah, for sure. Actually, um. You know, it's mainly, I would say it's mainly like the G League guys that have been in the G League the last few years that appreciate it the most, you know, mm-hmm. because they're still trying to build their brand and prove themselves, you know, like, uh, um, for example, like one that I talk to all the time is Simi Shitu, and he got, he got caught up in a two-way for the Knicks, but didn't actually uh, uh, end up playing for the Knicks, or like Miles Powell, I talked to, uh, you know, I, I communicate with him through DMs and stuff like that every time they have a good game, they always repost it, you know, which is great for um, building my platform as well, you know? Uh, but yeah. And then a few I've talked to, like, uh, you know, just, I've talked to Duncan Robinson a few times because I posted him and he's a, he played for the sky force for a few years ago. And so, um, but yeah, you know, I talked to quite a few. It's more like that, you know, those guys are more appreciative when they get shown love 
you know, because there's no other outlet that's really showing them. Right. I'm actually surprised sometimes, you know, when a guy – because it's crazy. When a guy scores 16 points, that's a really good game. But it's not good enough for 99.99% of outlets to post about. Right. You know what I mean? But they're thinking to themselves, I just scored 16 at the NBA level, and no one knows about it, you know? Mm-hmm. My fans from whatever college I might have gone to don't know about it. Uh, my family, unless they check the box scores, wouldn't see it on any other platforms, you know? And so those guys are a lot more appreciative, like I said, because no one else is posting about their games. You know, and it doesn't even have to be like, um, you know, it doesn't have to be like a 20-point game either. They could score 12. You know, for a lot of times, if they have like a 12 points, that's good enough for me to yeah, post. Right? Or maybe they have, yeah, yeah then maybe they have like a nice play or two, and I'll post those, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I think that um, – so I've had interactions with quite a few – um, a lot of them actually message, not a lot of them, but a few of them sometimes when they have a good game, they'll send me like the, like the, you see that, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I saw it. Don't worry. I'm going to post it up. You know, don't worry. Because they want that, you know, they're thinking to themselves like, you know, no one else is going to post it. And I want to post it on my story and kind of get the recognition for it, you know. Um, but it works both ways too, because, you know, they post it and people see them shine. And then also it's great for growing my brand too, because they might mm-hmm. click on the, on the post and then click on the page and, you know, see uh, kind of the videos that I'm doing and stuff like that and hopefully give me a follow. But yeah, so it's, it's great for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to ask you about your page itself. Do you have any like long-term plans for it? Cause you've been growing very quickly in the last year. Um, do you have a plan for like the next step or are you just focused on continuing to build your, your base? You know, uh, that's a great question. I actually would love to partner with the G league somehow. Like that's, it sounds uh, kind of lofty right now, but that's ultimately my goal because I was always thinking, you know, the, the regular G League page itself is, you know, the people who run it, I, in my opinion, don't want their page flooded with, you know, 20 posts a day of highlights, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like it'd be beneficial for the G League to have like an official highlight page, you know what I mean, where you can see all those highlights. You don't have to see on the main page. The main, the main page can stick to like maybe like sponsorships or highlighting maybe like the top of the top performers, you know? Yeah, those more formal posts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my page can focus on pretty much everything in between that. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so I would love to just like one day partner with them. And, you know, because my thing is too, there's, there's a ton of that we don't know about in the G League that's going on right now. And there's even more that we don't know about that's happened in the past, right? Because in my opinion, we, like, I know a lot from maybe 2014 on, mm-hmm. right? But anything before that, there's not much record of, right. you know? Yeah. There's no video of it. Um, there's no one telling these stories, you know? And so there's 14 years of the G League that to me is like Atlantis, you know? where it's just hidden underwater and, you know, we can find little artifacts here and there that might tell us a little bit about it, mm-hmm. but we're in general, you know, it's very, it's a very vague, uh, we have very vague knowledge of, of those, of that era, you know? And right. so I would love to like even tell stories and I actually kind of started it on my page recently. I started like this untold stories uh, oh, yeah, I've seen it. series and I, I posted a few, I posted one about Antoine Walker and then one about Ronaldo Major, who's the all-time leading scorer, you know? But there's so much 
you know, there's so many stories and so much we don't know about the D League. And if I don't know about it, you know, then I would say that the regular fan has no idea about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would love to like use the platform more to tell, to tell stories and to highlight, you know, past things that have happened that have been really cool. Like for example, you know, Chris Bergman Anderson was the first ever draft pick in 2001. And at his draft, he wore a Hawaiian shirt and jeans, right? And now I know it was the first draft. I, I guess at the time it didn't have much credibility, but you would think that at your own draft, which he probably knew coming in, he was going to be the number one pick mm-hmm. that he would be like, I might just throw on a polo, you know what I mean? Or just throw on like a pair of slacks, you know, I feel like stories like that would be so cool to, to kind of like, even, even if I had a chance to like interview Birdman, like, okay, mm-hmm. going into it, what did you think the D league was, you know, going into it, how legitimate did you think it was? Like, and did your lack of, maybe he says, I didn't think it was legitimate at all. I was like, oh, is that why you wore a Hawaiian shirt to your own draft, you know? And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I could really benefit from using like the G League resources too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if they have a, a vault of film from 2010 and before, right? Or if they have film, which I'm sure they do, of that 2001 draft, you know? Like stuff like that would be amazing to showcase. And I, and I would really, to tell you the truth, like I'd be like a, like a history nut. Just I could spend days just digging through that yeah. and going through those old archives. And it would just for me be so much fun. So yeah, one day I would love to like partner. I'm like, because I'm, I've been such a fanatic for a long time. My, like my goal is to always like also work in the G league, you know, yeah. to like work in the G league partner with them somehow just be affiliated somehow. Um, and or, or even with not even the G League, but like a, if it was like a major market, like a like I reached out to Slam a few times, you know, and was like, Slam, you guys do a fantastic job of covering, you know, of course, the NBA, but college ball, high school ball, women's basketball, um, college basketball, too. They have uh, Slam University. Mm-hmm. So a really broad range of hoops. And I was telling them, I was like, you guys have been kind of the people who have done it first. You know, you're always been the first to cover something, the first to expand. They have league fits, which they've been the first to expand over to outfits and, and street wear and stuff like that. But like, you guys should be the first to expand to the G League. You know what I mean? But I haven't, uh, you know, they, from the talks I had with some of the people that they didn't seem like they were all that interested, you know, maybe that'll change as the league continues to grow. But yeah, doing something like that would be like uh, a dream of mine. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, just go back to what you said earlier, I think there's probably a ton of hidden gems from, like, the early years of the D-League. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I knew Chris Anderson was the number one pick, but I hadn't heard that draft day story. So I'm sure there's tons of stuff like that in the early years. Yeah. But um, I think, honestly, I think a, a G-League partnership for you is not lofty at all because, as far as I can see, I mean, you're the premier source for, you know, uh, discovering these uh, hidden talents, so to speak. So, Oh, I appreciate you know, that. I, absolutely, Matt. I really think that you know, you do a great job covering these guys and, you know, you've, you've blown up accordingly. So I, I could definitely see, um, you know, a G league partnership in the future. And I like that idea with slam too. I, I, uh, I do like slam a lot. I've, you know, I've had their magazines for years and um, yeah, I think the G league is a nice niche that they can, they can expand into because I think there's a lot of growth opportunity with the G league and, you know, it's growing in popularity a lot in the last few years. And, you know, I think that's going to continue to, to happen with, you know, ignite, and, you know, with hopefully all 30 teams having a minor league team soon. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think you're doing a great job, man. I think G League TV is is a great Instagram page, one of my favorites for sure. I appreciate that, bro. And, you know, um, I, I think that down the line, like, 
you know, like I said, in the past five or six years that I've followed the G League, it's grown exponentially. I can't imagine the next five years, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, where they continue getting guys like, uh, you know, maybe like an old veteran like Lynn to come back, you know what I'm saying? Or they continue getting like, you know, maybe um, a player like Kevin Porter Jr., right, who really helped explode the G League's popularity this season. And, you know, the more players like that and the more overall attention that the G League gets as they continue to produce really good players that end up performing at the NBA level. In five years, you know, we could be talking about the G League as like a really premier league that right now I think the people who follow it are like the hardcore basketball fans, you know, Mm -hmm. but maybe five years from now, like the average fan knows a few G Leaguers or more than a few, you know what I mean? The average fan could be tuning into a G League game the same way that they tune into like a college game or something along those lines. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's grown so much in the last 20 years, but I think, but the next five, six years, I think will be huge for the league's uh, overall development. And, you know, accordingly, like I'm hoping that it does blow up because the more it blows up to hopefully the, it, it uh, corresponds to my page as well. And, you know, I, I can kind of reap some of those benefits too, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you know, I'm really, looking forward to, to seeing how it grows and stuff like that. And I appreciate you always like showing love to the page and, and commenting and liking, and of course, having me on here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so th- that was really all I had for you. Is there anything else that you want to say before we get out of here? No, I just, you know, like I said, I just, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk. And, uh, and then for those who are listening, you know, give me a follow at G league TV. I just created um, a TikTok as well. And then also a Twitter to say the truth. I don't really know how to use TikTok. I've just kind of, <laughs> been, uh, I had a TikTok, but on a, on a, my personal account, but I never posted, just looked at stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so over the past, like I created maybe like four or five days ago, I've been uh, trying to like think of different ways to use the effects and stuff like that, you yeah. know? So I'll continue growing over there too. Um, and then I'll, I'll post things on there that I won't post on Instagram, you know, so that some to mix up a little bit, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. And thank you to everyone that's listening. Um, go give us, you know, give us a follow, shoot me, uh, hit me in the DMS, you know, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you guys go follow at G league TV on Instagram, on TikTok, Twitter, everywhere. Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it, dude.